Well, hello there, and welcome to the My Adoption Coach podcast, where I give you the step-by-step support and guidance you need on your domestic adoption journey. My name is Amanda, and I'm an adoptive mom of two on a mission to make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable, because no one should walk the domestic adoption journey alone. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the My Adoption Coach podcast. I'm so thankful that you made the decision to join us today. Today, we are wrapping up our Getting Started series with a focus on what to do whenever you're waiting in that matching period and really how to survive it. This is the second part of a two-part episode within that series as well. Um, So if you haven't checked out the very first part of the episode as it relates to waiting for your adoption match, pause this one and go back and check that one out. I promise there's a a lot of good tips in there that you don't want to miss out on. This episode and, and the one before it was really inspired by you guys, inspired by my community that reaches out on a very regular basis and just shares how difficult it is to wait to be matched. And it doesn't seem to matter if we've only been waiting a few months or if we've been waiting several years. I know that it is hard and I wanted to give you some practical tips, not only from my own experience, but from members in my community on Facebook and my private clients as well of of what has helped us. And I know that waiting period can be particularly discouraging. And I want to talk to you about that before we jump into today's episode. Uh, because, you know, the private domestic adoption journey is is just that. It's a journey. And one of the hardest elements of that is waiting to be chosen by those expectant parents. And we all know that the average waiting time to adopt a baby is anywhere between one to two years, depending upon what resource that you consult or what method you're going through. But what is um, important to remember is that those are mathematical averages, right? Of a whole collection of different adoption opportunities out there. And so what really creates an average, you know, just kind of on the mathematical level is that some folks will will adopt a little faster and some folks will adopt in a little bit longer. Um, And listen, I know that that's not easy to hear. Um, And if you're anything like me, you want to know what you could do to make your waiting time less You want to be able to beat that average by a complete long shot. And I did everything I could to make my, you know, waiting time the shortest that I possibly could. Of course, keeping true to who I am, staying very authentic to my story, my family story. And without saying, I think you all know, but me by now at least, to know that I was 100% ethical in that and following our own moral compass uh, for us as a family. So in today's podcast, I'm going to give you the, again, those best tips of what I would encourage you to think about when you're in that waiting period, whether you've been there for just a couple of months or maybe even a lot longer so that you can think through how you can do everything in your power to shorten that waiting time. Because I know that that's really, um, you know, what you're really concerned about. So again, last week in the episode, we talked about some of those emotionally filled holidays, right? And how to really uh, make it through those. And I gave you, you know, some tips to, to really help you process those emotions around those big holidays, how to turn those big holidays into something that really could help you. 
But this week, we're going to talk specifically about those adoption-related things um, to really help you more practically in the adoption process. Because I always found that as I went through the, the matching period, like for me, it helped to have, you know, the sense of momentum of moving my adoption forward, even though I knew I had, you know, really no control over it in the end. Um, but, you know, by doing things that really um, contributed to the adoption, but that weren't specifically related to the adoption, right? It gave me kind of a, a breathing room. And then other days, I wanted something that I knew that if I took this action, it put me one step closer to um, to my goal, right? So let's dig into some activities that'll that'll help you, you know, kind of pass the time, but still be making progress uh, towards your goal of adoption. So the first thing I would suggest is putting together your maternity or paternity um, leave action plan. And in this specifically, I would research your company policy um, and I would think through it of from a mindset of you might have notice or you might not. You might have a stork drop. Um, and for anyone that might be unfamiliar with that terminology, it could be a baby that's already born um, or a baby that's going to be born very quickly and you have very little notice. So Think through how you would, um, you know, enable your company to continue to move forward without you. If you needed to go on maternity or uh, paternity leave rather unexpectedly, and think through how you plan to, how long you plan to be off, and how you plan to cover yourself financially from a family perspective. Um, there's a couple of things in here that I, I just really want to share from my own personal experience. Um, is that I would encourage you, you know, to be very clear on how much time you want to be off and know that up front. This was something that I wish that I had had a bit more conversation about, um, with my employers at the time, because most cases you will find that, uh, adoption isn't covered under traditional maternity coverage. Some companies will cover it like a paternity leave and claim that you you know, don't need that or that uh, physical healing time. Um, and therefore that they shouldn't, you know, have to give you longer time. Um, I would actually rather argue that it is a maternity leave. <laughs> it is plain and simple, a maternity leave. And because you have an emotional job to do here, you have bonding. And in most cases, you're probably not going to be prepared for a child to arrive, um, you know, in your home. Uh, when they do, because that's just not what we typically do. We typically in the adoption process, right? We don't prepare a nursery, um, you know, and those types of things. So I would not be afraid if it were me, you know, doing it again to push for the leave that you want and have that conversation uh, with your boss. I am, um, you know, this is, I could really get on a soapbox here, you guys, because this is something I'm incredibly passionate about. Like there should be national reform as it relates to adoption leave. And um, you should have the same equal leave as um, the company gives um, if it's dependent upon gender or what have you, um, you know, based upon that. So I, I'll try to refrain from my soapbox as you guys know, occasionally can can come out a bit. Um, but I would really think through what type of leave do you want? How do you set up your family financially for that leave? 
And then how do you work with your company to achieve your goals, but yet also be a really great employee, right? Like any other employee going on leave to set out those, you know, goals of this is what we want to do as a team, uh, because you do know, you know, an advanced warning that you are adopting. It's not like some, you know, random medical thing that comes up and you need to be out uh, for because you do know what's coming. So again, I'll put the soapbox away, but my urging to you would just be put together your maternity action plan or maternity leave action plan or, or paternity um, leave action plan, not leaving out my guys out there. Um, that would be step number one of something I would do to really feel like I'm making progress towards my adoption. Um, step number two is I would be very crystal clear about how I'm going to care for these children or child after they come home. So do you plan to continue to work? Do you want to have a nanny? Do you want to, um, you know, put them in, in childcare during the day? And if so, have you picked out some places that you're on the waiting list? So do the research and you will also find, or, or I did in my experience, that if you are considering childcare, most of them will work with you to, to be able to like, quote unquote, get you in uh, whenever the baby comes home, if you've been on the list for a while. So I know it may feel a little strange to show up and be like, hello, I have no idea when I'm going to uh, become a parent and I need to put my child on the waiting list. Um, but just be open and honest with them. And I find that um, I know my school has been incredibly supportive um, of us from an adoption perspective and helping to reinforce, um, you know, just kind of the the normal around adoption, if you will. So, you know, be open and honest with them. And, and you'd be really surprised about the, the um, generosity of others in that case. The next thing that I would do is I would start researching parenting styles, um, transitioning out of maybe a fertility journey or just out of the adoption waiting period into parenthood can all happen really quickly. Um, even though it seems like it's a, you know, kind of a slow, <laughs> slow burn to get there. And then all of a sudden it happens super quick. So be prepared with, um, you know, the type of parenting style that you want to have. And it's definitely something that you can read on as they grow for sure. And I continue, you know, I highly encourage that. Um, I continue to do that to this day. But the, the next step within this um, kind of step around researching parenting styles, that I would highly suggest is getting your caregiving circle on board. I cannot tell you, um, you know, how many conversations we've had in, in my family in particular around, you know, this is this is the way we're going to raise our children. This, you know, it's the type of language we're going to use um, around adoption specifically, or just the type of language we're going to use to reinforce positive behaviors and, you know, redirect negative behaviors and things of that nature. Um, so I, I really suggest that because, again, it makes you feel like you're making progress and you start to define who you are in maybe a time that's not quite as stressful as in the moment, trying to define who you are. You'll get plenty of those opportunities as a parent. Do a little research ahead of time. Um, the next, and I'm sure you guys will be absolutely shocked to hear me say this, get in community. <laughs> get in community with others that are walking the same walk. Um, there really is nothing like it. There is nothing like being able to go have a conversation in a safe space 
uh, what, albeit virtual, right? But in a safe space with others that are in the same journey as you. So, of course, you guys probably are sick of hearing it by now, but the My Adoption Coach pot, or excuse me, my adoption coach group on Facebook <laughs> um, is the group that I would, of course, highly suggest uh, because we do have a real intentional approach as it relates to being a safe space for you. We don't allow expectant parents in there so you can ask all the questions, you can share all the frustrations and heartbreak without any judgment worry um, of what will somebody think of us because that is simply not allowed. The next thing that I would, um, you know, do that really helped me a lot was I daydreamed. And I know this may sound a little like woo woo, um, but I, I do believe in the power of manifestation. I do believe that, you know, if you, if you speak it into the universe that, you know, and, and really consciously work on it, that, um, you know, good things will come your way. Um, call it divine intervention, call it good karma, whatever you, you know, call it yourself. But for me, daydreaming and clearly visualizing, um, you know, what our future would be like really helped me um, feel like I was making progress. And I did silly little things like having secret Pinterest boards that gave me an outlet to, you know, plan a nursery if it was going to be a boy or a girl. Um, I had first birthdays planned if it was a boy or a girl. Um, that just really gave me an outlet to feel like I was doing something, I don't know, productive or normal, even though, um, you know, the adoption process can be a little atypical versus a traditional, you know, pregnancy. Um, okay. So before we shift to talking about some like actual real practical steps that you can take right this minute to, you know, really push forward in your adoption. Let's take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. And do you have any ideas as to who it could be this week? Um, gee, maybe it's my adoption coach. <laughs> Listen, you know, I'm super corny. I'm in a room by myself recording this. Um, and so I have to do something to keep it a little fun, right? For all of us. Um, I just really wanted to take a moment to tell you, I know that you know, the waiting time can be super hard. And I know you want to take action super fast. So if you are really interested in, in taking action and moving forward your profile, I would highly encourage that you jump on over on the wait list for the next time I open the doors for the adoption profile masterclass, which will just be happening in a, in a couple of weeks. So that way you are notified as soon as uh, the doors open again. And that way you can get all those special bonuses um, that only my VIPs get. So you can jump on over to myadoptioncoach.com slash profile. And that will take you to a page to sign up for the waiting list. And the very instant that the doors open, you'll get notified so that you can um, jump in and learn more about the program with Okay, so now we are going to shift back into the episode into some practical action steps that you can take right now today to help shorten your waiting time. So first of all, I would do a little investigation to see if you can get an idea of what could be going on. I would do this, um, first of all, by checking in with your agency or your consultant to get any feedback that they might be getting on your profile. 
Your profile is the most critical step in that initial hello, because that is what's going to be the reason why an expectant parent chooses to have a conversation with you or not. Either they're going to get a clear picture of who you are and really vibe with you from that and really um, just feel comfortable in talking with you or they're not. So that's the very first step I would take is I would have a conversation with agency or the consultant and I would ask them for the feedback um, that they're getting on your profile. While you're talking to them though, I would also ask them about exposure levels. And exposure levels can be a bit of a double-edged sword because it is driven by two factors. One, how much traffic or how many families do they have that they are showing your profile to? And then secondarily, how many families within that are you a good match for? Let me be very clear. Not everyone is a good match together. That honestly is the reason why adoptions disrupt because either party wasn't the right match for each other, or maybe one party was not entirely like wholeheartedly into um, the idea of adoption. And when, you know, when it came to the moment for the final decision, it just really wasn't the right fit. Again, zero judgment here. Um, but it, it's really important that you not here. Okay. We had 10 families come in this month um, that were considering adoption and your profile was shown to one. And then you get super discouraged. My next question super quickly after that would be how many were we a good fit for? And of those that we were not a good fit for, why weren't we a good fit? Was it that our criteria didn't, you know, jive with what they were looking for? Was it that, um, we just fundamentally want different things. And if so, say your piece with that and know that that is okay. If it is your profile was shown and you weren't chosen, that's where you need to dig in. That's where you need to get super clear on, um, you know, kind of why, why was that? And I would make a list that's the next step in this. Um, I would make a list of all of those possible barriers, right? What could be holding you back? So get the feedback from the agency or the consultant or the attorney, and then make a list of really what are those tactical things? So again, making it up for the sake of an example here, maybe it was budget and maybe you're like, you know what? We can increase our budget or maybe it was budget and you're like, mm, nope, we are tapped out. That is it. Anything beyond that's irresponsible. Maybe it was, um, you know, you just wanted different types of communication on the back end, right? Um, after the adoption is finalized. And again, that is where you have to authentically search within yourself and say, you know, what do I feel equipped to commit to and commit to that and say your piece around that. But again, so after I talk to the agency or consultant, I'd ask them, you know, what type of traffic they're getting what type of exposure you're getting within that, what feedback you've got from there, then I would, you know, really make a list of all of those barriers. What could be holding you back? Next, and the biggest step here really is to, to put together an action plan for those barriers. So what 
are, you know, take that list of barriers and come up with a couple of different ways that you could overcome those barriers. And let's take a a pause for just a second to talk about, let's also be super careful here not to get in the doom and gloom spiral, right? This can happen to us. We all know it. We're walking a really tough journey. We have those days that are harder, that are more emotional, and we feel like it's never going to happen. Don't do that. Take a minute, walk away from the list, and come back the next day, the next minute, after you go for a run or a dance party in your car, if you remember the last episode, um, and just refocus and say, okay, anything is possible with the right plan and the right support. And I know that I can jump into the Facebook group and I can ask questions and I can get private coaching with Amanda if I need it. And I can really work through this actual plan because anything's possible, friends. So take take the list of your barriers and really break it down. But the very most practical piece of advice that I can give you here is I would focus on your profile. Again, your profile is that hello. And without a clear and compelling hello, then then you're just not going to get out of the starting blocks. Let's just call a spade a spade, right? And if you're worried about your profile, um, again, you can sign up for that free training I've got coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, myadoptioncoach.com backslash profile. Um, but I would encourage you to think about your profile beyond just a book or a PDF. Your profile is every single thing you put out there, a website, a video, social media, a post on your social media accounts, a post in a Facebook group. Um, All of those things are your profile and you need to have content um, that is really fit to purpose for it, right? So that is the very most practical tip here that I can give you is to, to focus on your profile to make sure it's clear and compelling, to think about your profile well beyond that that silly book that we've all done for years and years and years. Don't get me wrong, the book's important, but in this age and and day, it is well beyond just a book or a PDF. Um, So listen, I I don't say focus on your profile lightly or or to make you panic (laughs) because you know I always have your back with the step-by-step process to, to really walk you through everything. And the series that we start next week is focused 100% on your profile. We're going to talk about what makes a good profile, how to make a a profile from good to great. And then I'm going to give you again, some extra special training that is totally for free. That is only for my community that shows up in the Facebook group and that, you know, shows up from a podcast perspective. That is really what I want to do and help you guys. I want to walk you through step by step to make your adoption easier, faster, and more affordable and focusing on your profile in an affordable way to help clearly communicate who you are is what will enable that easier and faster part of of how I want to help you. But if you're ready to take action, like right now, like right this very minute, you're like, I cannot possibly wait like one more second, cannot lay my head on the pillow until I've taken more action. Then listen, message me. I get it. I remember that anxiety like it was yesterday. I, you can probably hear it like coming back up in my body, um, even as we talk about this. So if you're in that space, 
DM me. Let's talk. Let me help you through this. I don't want you to have to wait for, you know, the training in a couple of weeks. Let's, let's work through this so that I can, can really help you. So I, I really hope that you've found a lot of value in today's episode and that you're walking away feeling super energized to make a list of areas that you can focus on to help you match faster. And if you're enjoying this podcast, I sure would appreciate it if you would consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review so that I know how I can help you more and so that others can also get help on their adoption journey. Because listen, telling your clear, authentic story about who you are, that is what's going to to help you in your profile. That's what's going to help you in your adoption. And I have a lot of heart to to help you uh, with that. And so I want to make sure that you don't miss a single episode of the series that we're kicking off next week. So subscribing is how you're going to make sure you hear it every week whenever we release them. And you never know, I might just release a bonus episode or two here or there. So being subscribed to it is how you will for sure know that you'll get the latest information. I know this journey is so hard, but I want you to hear me say, take comfort in this. You can do hard things. You are capable. You are tough. You are strong. And I'm always here to have your back, friend. I'll talk to you next week.